Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 19 The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out to all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, from his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Much to be desire, more to be desired than are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. On the third new moon after the Israelites had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They had journeyed from Rephidim, entered the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and and tell the Israelites, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. So Moses came, summoned the elders of the people, and set before them all these words that the Lord commanded him. The people all answered as one, Everything that the Lord has spoken we will do. Moses reported the words of the Lord to the people, uh, the words of the people to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud, in order that the people may hear when I speak with you, and so trust you after. When Moses had told the words of the Lord, words of the people to the Lord. First Peter chapter two, verses four through ten. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals yet chosen and precious in God's sight. 
And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of the darkness into this marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Good morning and welcome to the second Thursday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us today from Psalm 19, Exodus 19, and 1 Peter 2. And that Exodus reading was odd. I haven't seen anything like this in the um, uh, morning prayer. It included the first part of a... yeah... That I stumbled because the very last line I had to like double check, read ahead as I was reading. Like the last part is a an incomplete sentence when Moses had told the words of the Lord to the people. Anyway, um, this morning we hear that um, God tells Moses um, to tell the people um, that, among other things. First, there's this reminder of what God has done, and then God says, look, um, you're going to be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. Um, and this is this is kind of, it's a weird time to be saying this, um, because at the time, at least in Israel, priests don't exist. Um the, the Levites are there. Moses is a Levite. But the priesthood of Israel hasn't been established yet. They've seen priests in Egypt and other other kingdoms, um, but they don't have their own priests. They never have. Uh, they aren't really a nation until they get the Ten Commandments, they set up the tabernacle, and they establish you know the rules of life that will govern the Israelites. Um, and so uh, this is looking ahead to when there will be uh a people, a nation, um, but this priestly stuff, um, before they made the Levites the priestly tribe, there were no priests, meaning uh, the the kingdom that they are to become um, is not, you know, there is no distinction between the Levites or the, the uh, I can't remember the, the word for priest, but Kethrimim, I think, um, but essentially, like those who perform the duties of the temple and all Israelites, there's no real distinction. They're all going to be set apart. They're all going to be priestly. Um, that the entire people is a priestly kingdom for the whole world. Uh, Israel and Christians claim, uh, by extension, that the church are a priestly kingdom for the world. They perform the sacrifices and the the religious duties 
that benefit the whole world. This is imitated in 1 Peter 2, and uh, the author is clearly you know, drawing from that same imagery, but kind of mixing it up. First, um, he says uh, that we are a holy priesthood, and then later a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And so he kind of breaks it up. Um, but also, right before that, very early in First Peter 2, um, if we're stones, uh, then then we are to build ourselves into a spiritual house. Um, and the presumption is a spiritual house in which the people of the Lord might be, find refuge. Um, that is what it means to be a priest, to perform the duties of the temple, the religious duties, um, and also to oversee the cities of refuge at the Levites later um, when they enter the land, all the tribes are given land except for the Levitical tribe. The tribe of Levi, which is the tribe of Moses and Aaron, they don't get any land. They only get cities within each of the tribal lands. And those cities of refuge are um, where criminals can flee um, to escape um, vengeance and have a fair trial. And if they're found guilty, I mean, they'll suffer the consequences, but um, that is where justice prevails, not vigilantism. Um, and so those houses that are the house that um, the people of God build by their lives are, are um, areas of refuge for the world, for people, for anybody, both um, you know, Israelites or, or faithful or not. Um, because the, the Levites, when they established these cities of refuge by the command of God, um, it wasn't just the Levites who benefited from these cities. It was all the people of Israel. Just as Israel, or just as the Levites are priestly caste for Israel, Israel is a, a priestly kingdom for the world. Um, just as the church is a priestly kingdom for the world, we're all um, expected to perform religious duties that serve the whole world, um, whether that's martyrdom, whether that's prayer and fasting, whether that's um, acts of charity. That is what it means to be a person of God, um, to be the servant of the whole world, to be responsible, to, to accept responsibility of the whole world, um, and also to accept the consequences of being that priestly people. Um, we don't get everything and anything that we want. Um, there's a higher expectation on us. Um, and this is <clears throat> this is not unlike um, what military service is supposed to be about. Um, when I was in the military, civilians outranked us. Um, we didn't stand at attention or anything, but we called them sir and ma'am, and we treated them with just as much respect as we would our own commanding officers, and our commanding officers would as well. Um, and that's what it means to be a servant people, um, to place oneself below, uh, to humble oneself um, f uh, before others, and yet also see yourself as being responsible for those people who outrank you. So it's not quite military rank, where the higher your rank, the more responsibility you have. 
Um, but it's actually, it's like flipped, almost like comet triage flips things on its head. Um, you, um, if you are this priestly people, you have higher expectations uh, to uphold, and you are in service to the larger community. Um, and there, and if you're a Christian, it's not like there's some priests or pastors, and then there's other Christians. They're just a microcosm for what we all are supposed to be before the world. Um, there, it's like layers of the onion. The innermost layer, sure, is the Holy of Holies, and then the uh, Israelite priests, and then the Israelites, and then the world. Um, just as for the church now, it's um, Jesus, possibly the apostles, and the priests, and the you know apostolic succession, and then the church. But it's all one onion. Uh, we all have one basic state, basic you know kind of expectation for what it means to be an onion, what it means to be a priestly nation or a priestly kingdom. Um, and so that's what it means um, to live in service of, of others, or that's what it means to be a Christian, is to live in service of others, to have a higher uh, expectations or, or bar uh, standard to be set. Um, and this is from the very beginning. Um, I pointed it out um, that there weren't priests in Israel when they fled Egypt because the idea that there's some people in our community that like have these religious duties and then there's us and that and then there's us um, can have the effect of implying that we don't have that same high standard uh, placed upon us by God and by uh, the rest of the world, but we do. We are expected to have just as dignified a life, as as respectful uh, behavior. Um, they, if anything, they're a model for how we are all supposed to be. Uh, they don't have, they don't reside, you know, kind of off in a corner, um, like the Essenes or you know the Anchorites, the Hermit, uh, the Hermits, um, or even monastics, like. The point is not that they are, they are set apart and different and distinct from us, but that they show us what it means that we are all supposed to be set aside for God, um, for the benefit of the world. Um, and so that's why that's what that's one of the things that military taught me is what does it mean to serve other people, to serve other people's interests and protect them, and and yet see myself as below them. As someone serving from below, which is you know, popular language about servant leadership, and to me, quite frankly, that means you're the one cleaning up the messes. You're the one that um, is making sure everything runs smoothly. Uh, you've got a mop in one hand and a pen in the other, um, because you are expected to be an example for everybody else. If you know janitor doesn't want to scrub the toilets, it's going to be your responsibility. Um, but too often we we forget, we give ourselves a pass by saying, "Well, well, they're the ones in charge. They're the they're the people who are hot shit, um, and I'm just over here doing my own thing." That's not what the Bible is calling us to. Uh, the Bible calls us all, all who are believers, to be to build these this spiritual house in which people find refuge, 
Um, and by doing so, we are living out what it means to be in service to a world that we humble ourselves to. Um, and the military is not the only place that, that helps people understand that. It, it was for me, and it is for me. And I think it's very likely that it is for others as well. A prayer for the clergy and people from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, from whom comes every good and perfect gift, send down upon our bishops and other clergy and upon the congregations committed to their charge the healthful spirit of your grace, and that they may truly please you, pour upon them the continual dew of your blessing. Grant this, O Lord, for the honor of our advocate and mediator, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.